Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Ratzler. 0-1. Cooper hits it hard in the air to deep center. Doyle's tracking it. Heading back at the wall. Gonna go. Two-run homer. Cooper Loop. Padres hop right in front now. It's 2-1 to one in the second inning. Garrett Cooper with the home run. Jesse Agler with the home run call. That is your home run call of the day. What a way to start the day. What a way to start the day every day with the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. At BB Isn't Boring. Twitter account, Instagram account. And if you do nothing else today, this is what I want you to do, okay? I want you to type this into your search engine, into your computer, into your phone, whatever it is. FanDuel.com slash boring. FanDuel.com slash boring. By doing that, you basically are getting free money. That is what you're getting. You're getting free money. So remember, FanDuel.com slash boring. All right. Thank you, FanDuel, for powering us. So we just want to make everybody aware of that opportunity they're giving us and giving you. Speaking of opportunities, there's opportunities out there, people. These wild card races are nuts. Absolutely nuts. You look at it right now, in the American League, you have three teams, obviously vying for two spots. You have the Blue Jays, they're a game up on Seattle and Texas. In the National League, it's just as spicy. You have the Diamondbacks, a half game up on the Cubs, who are in it right now, and the Reds, both of them. Both of them are sitting there basically tied. And then you have the Marlins a half game back. You want to throw in the Giants? They're two games back. This is awesome. Well, speaking of awesome, there's a guy that I wanted to talk to, catch up with, who is always awesome when it comes to conversations with all things baseball. And that's Ryan Spielborgs. So Ryan is a longtime Major League Baseball player, as you're going to find out in a second, played in Japan for a little bit. But has also made the move to becoming a excellent, excellent commentator, analyst, talk show host, whatever you want. AT&T Sportsnet, Rocky Mountain, doing the Rockies games as an analyst for the Rockies. Been doing that for a long time. On MLB Network Radio, loud outs, 
excellent job. And as I tell him, like he's one of the ones that you you listen to, and you're just like, okay, you know what? I could have a conversation with this guy because a he knows what he's talking about, and b he's just a good guy to talk to and a good guy to listen to. Also, doing a podcast, and that's Negative War. Oh, I'm sorry, Negative War Positive Vibes. Which what a name for a podcast. We love good names for podcasts. He's just a great guy to talk to. And as we're going to talk about in a second, he was also on a team in the 2007 Colorado Rockies, which went on the maybe the best late season run of all time, all the way up until they made the World Series, won 21 and 22 games. So when we look at that team, when we look at that experience and that mindset, Ryan could give us an insight into what these teams, what you should be looking for for these teams we just mentioned. Which team is going to separate itself? Which team is going to go on the run? Last year we saw it was the Phillies. Which team do you get the vibe that they are just peaking at the right time? Well, we talk a lot about that with Ryan. We talk about his evolution into media, where media is at, uh, where basically baseball players where their mind is at when it comes to showing their personalities, which is always a good conversation. It's just a good time. It's a great way to start the day. Or if you listen in the middle of the day, it's a great way to keep your day going. Or if you listen at the end of the day, it's a great way to punctuate your day. But anyway, here you go. Ryan Spielborg with an awesome, awesome conversation. All right, there's nobody I'd rather have on right now than Ryan. Ryan, what's going on? How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, I, I do I do like how uh, how we can connect through social media now. Oh, I, I know we've always been able to do this, but uh, you slid into my DMs. I don't normally check my my direct messages uh, on on X now, but I, I saw your name pop up. I was like, oh, crap. Awesome. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I'd be part of your podcast. Oh, so uh, I love that you reached out. It's an honor to be on this. I'm a big fan of your show. Um, and I, and I love that we get to get a chance to talk baseball. Well, you, you've done so many, so much, I mean, as a player too, and, and obviously in the media and I, I really, I think I might've been on with you guys once, maybe at the winter meetings, maybe a couple times, but I just like your vibe, man. I like, I like your shows. I like the, how you talk about baseball. Um, because this, the, you are made for podcasts, right? You are made for, in the sense of this, this is just couple guys talking that's right it's, it's just a couple couple guys talking i mean that's always how it feels right well that's how it should i mean uh, i i you know you, you do podcasts or you do you know live media and i never knew that i was going to get into media like I, I didn't like go to school i didn't train for this uh i was you know i always knew i had the gift of gab you know i always was told that um, kind of like a like a class clown, always somebody on on a baseball team that was, you know, lighting people's shoes on fire. So I, you know, I kind of have like a a bubbly personality to begin with, but then as a player, you know, like you don't you don't think you're ever going to retire from baseball. I I never thought I was going to uh, get into media. It was never a goal of mine. It was never something I considered, uh, even though my teammates called me Red Light Spilly, because, you know. Basically, somebody if if somebody asks me to do something, I always say yes. I, I say yes if I have time, I will give you my time. Um, and, and so, you know, like as a player, you get media requests. We'll go talk to Spilly. Spilly will will give you a bite. He'll you know he'll say yes to you, and th- and that's basically what happened. So I was finishing my last year, and I was in Japan. So I played for the Cebu Lions, 
And the Cebu Lions, it's it's crazy too. Uh, that's a team that Daisuke Matsuzaka played for. Right. Since you, you guys talk yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, Red Sox. So uh, Daisuke played in for the Cebu Lions, and eventually his posting fee led to um, almost like a hat on top of an open-air stadium. So they called it the Daisuke Dome. So the Cebu Lions Stadium. And by the way, Cebu is not an actual location. That's not a place. It's 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 the equivalent of Amtrak. Cebu is is a train company. All the Japanese baseball teams are are named after a a product, a company that owns them. Yakult swallows. Yakult is yogurt and milk. Uh, you know, Nippon ham. Nippon ham, which is where Rakuten plays. Right. Nippon ham. Is there or the Nippon Ham is the ham fighters that Nippon Ham Nippon means Japan Nippon yeah. is Japan yeah so so Nippon the ham fighters so so it's not an actual place so anyways Cebu the Cebu Lions that I played with is actually a Nishi Tokyo Nishi is West Tokyo so Daisuke when he signed this this deal to go join Boston the posting fee led the ownership group to put a a, a makeshift dome on top of this open air stadium so it, it served more like a like an umbrella <laughs> than an actual dome and that's where that's where i played so my last year in japan i played in this in this in for the Cebu lions and i didn't do great i was good in the minor leagues but i was pretty brutal on the big league team i didn't really get a lot of chances to play i had about 200 plus at bats i'd get pinch hit for um, I got defensively replaced. I was a defensive replacement in the major league level. Right, <laughs> so I was right, like, right, what, right. what the heck is going on here? <laughs> so anyways, so when I got back from Japan, I got a, a random phone call from this guy named Kenny Miller, who is now the uh, the head of Amazon. He was responsible for bringing uh, Thursday Night Football to Amazon. He was also responsible for bringing Yankee games to Amazon. Um, so Kenny's a, Kenny's a pretty big deal in in sports. And uh, he called me and said, can you meet me for a coffee? Because he he worked in, in Colorado. So I was like, sure. So he presented, hey, you're a former Rockies player. We're looking for somebody to um, eventually go up into the broadcast booth for George Frazier, the late George Frazier. Um, and I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm still a baseball player. And he goes, well, you should consider this, you know, because it's not easy to get these jobs, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll think about it. So I spent the whole offseason working out. And then uh, I kind of had this revelation with my family because I didn't see them. Yeah. I didn't see them when I was in Japan, and I knew my path was going to go back to Japan again. And uh, my wife left like for five months when we, she came out there for two months. They left for five. It was lonely, and uh, I knew like my my marriage and my kids probably wouldn't last if I if I continued to play in Japan. It just it wasn't in the cards. So I end up. In January, deciding to move on to broadcasting with no experience, no nothing. Uh, I was 33 years old. I got my swing finally corrected because it was broken. I felt really good about my playing career, but I chose family and this broadcasting life over baseball. And ultimately, I asked Kenny Miller, I said, why did you pick me over all these other guys? Because there were other people that, that were interested in being the Rockies color guy hmm. eventually. And he said, because you were kind to people. That was yes. it. Yes, yes. So, right, let me tell you this. The, one of the things that jumps to mind when you're talking about this is that um, I was just talking, we had Ortiz on, I don't know when it was, when Mookie came to town, right? 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and one of the things, and we know, like, Ortiz is everywhere. Like, I can't turn on my TV without seeing Ortiz. But he said something that I think is important, which is the players have to understand that, you know, you have to hit the ground running when you retire, which is kind of what you did, right? Inadvertently, but you kind of have to hit the ground running retire because you've seen a lot of players, and I've seen a lot of players, where they're just like, I, I don't want to deal with the media. And then also, oh, well, I want to be in the media. Well, it's a lot easier to be accepted to get that call from Kenny Miller because you have like already paved the, your way for that. And I, I think that I guess players, I feel like, are understanding that more. But still, they're it's they give still they give that idea why they're playing at least like they used to the stink eye way too much. Like you got to understand, man. This is all part of like the, the the runway to where you want to go or where you're going to end up going, right? Well, and, and to your point, I mean, I, I do get the occasional players that that I maybe they don't recognize the power of media, and and I'm not saying, um, you know, like the media, you know, is is in control of a player's career because they're they're clearly not, but you know, having a having a, a a deeper understanding, making a player human, is really important. It's important, you know, like you, you hear players talk about their brand. Um, your brand is, is in a, in a way is how you treat other people. And that is ultimately your brand. I mean, your brand is not just what you hit on the field. It's how you treat people uh, when nobody's watching that, that truly is your brand. And the people that are, are, you know, behind the scenes in a major league club clubhouse that treat clubbies well, that, treat their coaching staff with respect that that are good teammates um the people behind the scenes that you don't see security guards uh all those bus drivers they treat them well there's the the there's like this because it's such a small fraternity where people talk that you know like you want to hear that this guy's a good clubhouse guy treats people well that's that's how people talk when executives talk about players hey what do you got on what do you got on rob great dude good clubhouse guy he's a gamer treats people well boom like they're willing to trade for that what do you got on this guy's spill like hey he's a he's a goober he's on his own he's on his own thing media hates him he never he's never talking well to them uh he treats people like trash we'll pass on that guy yeah so that's 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 where you know players can if they understood that a little bit more that you know, nobody's asking you to give your firstborn or blood. No, they're just saying like, give, just talk to us, or or you know, like let us know what's going on. Say hi, uh, you know, even if it's a, I made a, I made a point as a player, as a media now, to go around the clubhouse in every clubhouse that I'm in, and I just say hi, I go hey, how are you? What's going on today? Um, so that there's no, you don't feel like I'm just coming to talk to you when I need something. And and that's a big distinction for when I when I when I kind of like mentor other media people that are just getting in. I was like, make sure you just go say hi to the players yeah. and let them know that you're here, that you don't want to invade their their territory. You're in and you're out. But then, you know, like if you're saying hi to them casually day by day by day, you start a relationship. And then when you do need to interview them, they'll talk to you because they they it was like, oh, you need to talk to me today. Sure. Uh, otherwise don't you know like people don't like every time you you reach out to me you're reaching out to me because they need something that's like that's All not right a, that's no. not a, that's not a two-way street i i tell you what yeah and that's the approach i learned that early on in my reporting life 
uh, covering a team is that, you know, when players feel like when you're walking toward them and you're always going to be asking something, that's when like, they're, they're like, no, 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 no. So I, I am curious, like your perspective of it now, because this has been a big conversation with us about the evolution of player, like you said, the brands, even the rookies, like younger players, all of it. When you walk into a clubhouse, do you get a different vibe, whether it is rookies or whether it's older players, whatever, do you get a different vibe that the players understand the media's responsibilities even more than before or maybe less than before or differently at all? I think it's kind of the same. I, I, I don't I don't know if it's changed too much because there there's always apprehension and and I think when you when you're a player you have these blinders on to what you need to do to help you prepare for a game so like you're guarded to begin with so I don't think I don't think that feeling has left any major leaguer every any every major leaguer from you know from when it first started to now has angst about playing they have angst about whether they're going to remain a, in a, as a big leaguer for the for forever right like everybody wants to get 10 years of service time everybody wants to play the next day um so i think there's there's a natural apprehension to doing additional stuff that could distract you from the game i mean ultimately you're a baseball player you want to play baseball um so i don't i don't see that that part changing i do believe though um you know, when it does come to some of these athletes that understand how they can use um, media to their to their advantage, like you were talking about Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has been amazing at it, right? Like, right. but I also think that's his his natural disposition. Like he's he's naturally a you know engaged young superstar player that does not act like that. Um, there's other organizations where their players they're they're kind of you know, taught like, Hey, you know, you can go hide over here. You can go duck over there. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to do media today. Um, I never got that sense from Mookie. And, and as a, as a result, I mean, Mookie's doing his podcast and, and, you know, how we view Mookie bets because of how he's used his platform and, and use it for good and use it to his advantage. We, we see him as a different character because we know him now, right? Like, right. you know, him you, at least from a, from a fan standpoint, you feel like you know who Mookie Betts is because you could see that engaging personality. That's that's where you can use it. So you're talking about a superstar using it within his own constraints and taking full advantage of it. And I think more players realize that aspect. They just don't know how to do it because they're like, well, Mookie's a superstar. I'm not. And And that's where the big difference is. If there is a difference is that young players now at the big league level can feel like, hey, even if I have one day of service time, I belong in this clubhouse because that mm-hmm. used to not be the case. Right. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that there's also the, you know, the social media obviously factors into, right. It's, I want to do this. I want to show my personality, but do I trust it enough where it's not going to look like stupid, you know? And because looking mm-hmm. stupid is a different looking stupid before was, Oh, you know, word of mouth, maybe on a broadcast, maybe on a blog, now it's instantly, oh, look at that. Like people are judging it instantly. And so people like, well, I, and I, and when you come back to brand, I do sense that baseball, it's still, there is this protective layer of it. I, sure. I'll show my personality, but on my terms on Instagram, you know, on my, this, this is how I want to look. And I'm not saying that's how everybody is, 
but that's I think the wall you have to get through. So yeah, and that's fine, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, well, and and I the, one of my biggest points lately when we're talking about you know social media, Major League Baseball, uh, how consumers are watching the game. Baseball is no longer a regional sport. It, it it hasn't been for years. And and that's the part where I think ownership and and Major League Baseball has lost sight of that. They they continue to want like if you grew up in the Northeast, like it's automatic especially if you grew up in Massachusetts, you're it's automatically assumed that you're you're a Red Sox fan. Mm. Well, I can tell you that they're not. There there are there are kids that are they're like, no, I'm I'm a fan of I'm a fan of watching Fernando Tatis. I'm a fan of watching the Cincinnati Reds. I love watching this Ellie Dela Cruz. I'm a, I'm a fan of Baltimore. I'm a fan of of Colorado. There's some kids there that are really fun. It's no longer a regional sport because we have access to things outside of our bubble. And that's where if baseball really wanted to expand to that next level and where I think guys like Mookie um, be using Instagram because it's not regional, it's global. That's where if baseball was to embrace that aspect, that no, baseball is not regional anymore. Baseball is like, if I'm a fan of an exciting team, if I'm in Colorado and I want to watch Baltimore, I shouldn't be, you know, automatically assume that I'm going to be a Rockies fan. No, like the Rockies are not good right now. Why would I cheer for the Rockies? If I'm a fan, I want to cheer for Baltimore. I want to cheer for Cincinnati. I want to cheer for Atlanta. Give me access to that. Right. That's what we want. That's what people want. I want access to other teams that are not in my bubble. And that's that's where if baseball was to go to that next thing, and, and I do believe that's going to happen in the next couple of years, is embracing the fact that it is no longer regional. No longer regional. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. And this is one of the reasons why we sort of launched this thing is, is because, you know, listen, I mean, the baseball is boring. It's it's good on the T-shirts. It's good on the bumper stickers. But it's also like it, it, I don't have a problem with Zach Gallen, or Zach Gallen doesn't have a problem holding up a baseball and boring T-shirt. You know why? Because it's universal. And and mm-hmm. and now, hey, you know, I can follow Zach Gallen. Maybe like I didn't even follow Zach Gallen before. Like, holy crap, he's really good. Um, you know, there's other guys. Uh, um, Nolan Jones. Nolan Jones of the Rockies. You know, I sat down with him, and if you just if I was living in that bubble, there was talking about like Nolan Jones, and then oh yeah, he was traded from Cleveland, and then you talk to him, like oh my goodness, like what a good ambassador for the game, what a Mm -hmm. what a what a what an interesting player he is, Mm -hmm. and and then you know Britton Doyle, oh he's fast, (laughs) like all of that, he's gonna win a Gold Glove this year. Oh, I mean, right, and this is and this is the thing is that. I think that you hit the nail on the head, which is, and this is what we're trying to do, and I think it's only going to get better, that the world of baseball, thanks to social media, thanks to highlights, thanks to waking up and not worrying about game stories, but instead worrying about, hey, this is the this is Ellie Dela Cruz like sprinting around the bases. That's what people want. And uh yeah, so anyway, that's my rant. I, I you just got me going a little bit on <laughs> so um yeah. So, uh, hey, so listen, I want to talk a little bit about the the here and the now. As we sit here, um, it's it would be a day after the uh, the anniversary of two weeks out from the regular season ending. So now we can sort of define, and there's some great race. I love the way it's constructed. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know how you feel. Like the, the playoff. Yeah, it's, it's getting people interested. 
And now we sort of figure out who's who and what's what and um, what teams for real. I'll go back to when you were playing, which was a fascinating team in 2007, right? I mean, this is – what were you guys' record in – I should have looked this up. Should What's your record in September leading into that? Uh, well, before we go on this run, uh, we, we played a game against Miami. I think I saw it the other day. Uh, we ended up winning 13 of the next 14 games. Uh, we were right around 75 wins. So whatever, so it was like 75 and 68 or something like that. And then we end up winning 13 of the next 14 games um, and then playing a game 163. Now, if, if we were under today's constraints, we, we would not have made the postseason because we didn't have the head. We didn't have the head to head to, to beat the Padres. So um, yeah, it's, it was kind of crazy. I mean, like, I, I don't know if, I mean, we've seen some runs in the, in the past, like the guardians had a run a couple years ago, uh, we saw St. Louis with a run a couple of years ago. They're not, like September runs don't happen too often, especially like a like a massive winning streak that gets you into the postseason. So, yeah, I mean, that, what I remember from that too is we knew. So we were if you, if you track and I'd have to go back and track you know what the Rockies were in two thousand seven. We were much better um, over the course of the year than than that record indicated because we we had. We had s- several runs. We beat the American League East that year. We went into Boston. Uh, we took a series from the Red Sox. Uh, one of my favorite quotes ever was Brad Hopp hit this homer, almost like to the Ted Williams seat <laughs> off, Kurt, off, off Kurt Schilling. And then and then post-game, you should look it up. Kurt Schilling says, and I'll never forget it, he says, uh, never in the deep recesses of my subconscious that I – think brad hop would hit that pitch for a home run and we're like what a what a dork what a dork so we loved it uh we ended up taking that series we beat the we beat the yankees in colorado uh we were on like a nice run and then we had this horrendous horrendous uh road trip we went one in nine on a 10 game road trip where we got walked off four times um brian fuentes who was a closer at the time was was just announced as an all-star and at the same day that he was announced as an all-star and this is after um we, we were part of a game where craig biggio got his 3000th hit <laughs> and we got walked off on a grand slam to uh um but you know brian fuentes gave up a, a walk-off grand slam like it was just it was unbelievable so he gets announced as an all-star and then it's also announced that he's no longer the closer of the colorado Rockies. so we went <laughs> we, we went from being really, really good to this just terrible night, like you go, you go one in one in nine in ten days, like that messes up your season. So we were we were better than the record indicated, and then we just threw it together at the very end, knowing that we couldn't lose, which was cool. I mean, so it's a great example of you know about how a team can get hot, and not only you get hot to make the playoffs, but you made the World Series. I mean, so you can offer a perspective that a lot, a lot of people can, and I certainly can't, about that feeling of when you are going through it. Because a lot of times we we it's a cliche, oh, we're a hot team and they're gonna go to the World Series. It doesn't always work out. But how does it how do you think it does manifest itself when we're talking about these last couple of weeks, or even the couple of weeks uh, leading into these last couple of weeks? And that meaning something in terms of this is the team that's going to go a go to the World Series or potential B win the World Series. Uh, yeah, so there are some indicators. Um, 
I mean, I, I will point out when it comes to teams that, that do have these runs, I would always look at pitching first and defense second um, because that, that really is a strong indicator of, of the possible success that you can go on because when you have good starting pitching and if you have a bullpen that's that's capable of shutting down innings. So, for example, um, you know, in, in the, the Rockies run, in 2007, we we had four guys in the bullpen that were at that moment lights out. So it was a six inning game. You were we were playing six innings. We ha- if we had a lead, and you got to the sixth, the game was over. Like the bullpen was going to shut you out. Um, if we were trailing, if we we're down a run or two, and it's still the sixth inning, we knew the bullpen was going to shut you down. So we had three or four innings to make up ground. We had three or four, in- so we knew we could come back. We also defensively that Rockies team is a historically great fielding team. It's one mm-hmm. of the great fielding percentage teams of all time. So you had 27 outs. That's all you got. And so when you're trying to predict a, a team that's going to go for a run, look at the pitching staff, check out the bullpen, find out which guys are hot and then see how good their defense is. And if their defense is, is tight, then you know that 27 outs is all you get. If they if you if the pitching staff doesn't walk anybody, that means you have to string it bats together. And that just gives confidence to the offense. We're gonna catch you. Like we're gonna catch up. We got you. And and that's a feeling that a clubhouse has where it's it's really hard to pinpoint when it happens. But when it does happen, or players see, oh man, we came back from three runs down in the sixth inning because so-and-so it went boom, 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 nine outs. And we had three innings and we ended up scoring five runs. We won that game and it took everybody in the clubhouse. It took all 26 men on the roster. Once that happens, and this usually happens with two weeks to go, you'll hear some cliches and the cliches are really worth (laughs) circling. When you hear we are playing for one another, we don't, we don't care who's, Getting the credit, we know we're going to win. We don't know how we're going to win. We just know we have the talent in the clubhouse to win. That's when that's when you go, okay, defense check, pitching check, internal confidence of the clubhouse check. There, Watch that group. That's what happened with Philadelphia last year. Right. Philadelphia had the exact – I mean, look at any team <laughs> that has gone through runs. Go and check the, the media logs of, of the cliches being said. Take a look at their bullpen. Take a look at starters. Take a look at defense, and it'll all go holy moly. There it is. It, it'll it'll like pop out at you right off the page. Well, I was going to ask you, and so I will ask you, like, okay, show me the team or what vibes you get from a team that's going on now. But when you say that, you know, we have these locker room speeches now. We're we're, we're having those trickle out, which is always awesome. But the one that that checked off the box that that box of playing for each other. What was the one that you heard? It was Dave Roberts. I mean, and you heard it from like, not only Dave Roberts, you heard it from the players there. And you can say the Dodgers, oh, well, look at it. I mean, they, you've taken away, you know, Walker Bueller's not an op- opportunity. Obviously, Yuri's gone. Um, you, you've gutted that starting pitching and you weren't able to get, Lance Lynn has gone the other way sometimes and you weren't able to get that guy the trade deadline. But here they are, they're still rolling and they still have that message that you're talking about um, and also probably 
you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm saying that my, my identify identification is the Dodgers, but you also have that memory of last year winning 111 games and like, okay. And Justin Turner said this to me, he's like, when you win 111 games, like it comes back. If you're not playing for something, like all of a sudden you have to turn it on in a hurry. Like you were obviously do that in seven. Holy mackerel, were you playing for something, right? Phillies, they're playing for something last year. But uh, so that's why when you say that, I, I it screams to me Dodgers. But for you, who does it? Who, who do you feel the vibes about right now? All right, so maybe I'll, I'll start with the American League. Um, I mean, uh, we already know Baltimore and Tampa Bay have have clinched playoff spots. Um, those guys are playing for each other. Those are, those are two teams that are really easy to cheer for. You've seen seen them a lot. Um, but as far as like the wild card teams, what's what's kind of crazy about this is uh, Seattle, Houston, Texas, Toronto. One of those teams is not making it. One of those teams is not getting to the postseason, and one of those teams is fully capable of of putting a run together to get to the World Series. That's what's crazy about it. Like one of those teams is not going to make it, and they're fully capable of going all the way to the World Series. That's that's what's so amazing about this. I've seen Seattle, Seattle good defense, um, back in the bullpen. I'm I'm pretty happy with, but not like fully invested like I would. Texas feels like they're they're falling apart a little bit at the seams. Um, you know, like that none of the big cliches are coming out of any of these groups. Toronto, I feel like has the best bullpen out of the group. Yeah. Defensively, they're they're okay. They should be better. So any one of those groups could eventually like kind of catch fire, but I'm not feeling any sort of confidence in any of them. Even if I was to tell you Houston, if I told you Houston falls out of it, it's believable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm with you. It's, so that's, it, that's yeah, the part that's kind of crazy as you're watching it is I don't, I don't have a favorite for the American league West division and any one of those could any one of those other two teams can get into um into into the wild card round and and i i just i don't have a great feel and i see all these teams i've covered every single one of them this year i know i i'm i'm the same way it's like we keep saying the blue jays 2023 blue jays colon we're mercurial like where we don't <laughs> you don't know i think they're the most talented team i think they're the most talented team there is but uh, do I have that confidence that you're talking about? No. And then when you come to the National League, you have this crazy group of teams, mm. which is I don't think that it's the same classification where you say you have the you have the the feeling, oh man, absolutely. As much as I want this to happen, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, they are as good as the Braves or even you know the Dodgers or the Philly. I, I mean that's. That's a bit, or the Brewers. That's that seems like a bigger leap to me. Yeah. So the the I'm with you. The National League is definitely weaker than the American League as far as the the top tiers of teams. But when it comes to the National League wild card race, it's probably the most entertaining one because teams are playing pretty well. Uh, Miami's really fun. Uh, I went to school with Skip Schumacher, so oh yeah, I, I'm like I'm. I, I am totally biased for, for the Marlins, and I'm not even not even ashamed to admit that. Uh, like I, I am a hundred percent rooting for the Marlins now. Whether they make it or not is a different story. But they but they're right there. I thought at the start of this year, I didn't think there was going to be multiple teams coming out of the National League Central, and even halfway through 
uh, into June, I was like, man, Central's trash. National League Central's garbage, right? Like, what team is there? I, there, I really there like wasn't, to- not to interrupt, but there wasn't, uh, in mid-July, there was one team with a positive run differential. And that was the Cubs, and they had a crappy record. <laughs> You yeah, know? yeah, they were like plus seventy three. They were like third or fourth in uh in the National League in run differential. It was like Braves, Dodgers, Padres, Cubs. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? And and two of those teams were were below five hundred. So watching the Central, I saw the Reds various times throughout this year, and I will tell you, the Reds do say the right things when it comes to playing for each other. Now, David Bell. And their front office, they spent a lot of time during spring training to do team bonding exercises. I know it sounds funny, but it's not. They would make sure, for example, if the relievers and starters had their bullpen sessions together, they would make sure immediately after there was some sort of conjoining of the teams. So starters, relievers, position players, catchers, everybody would come in together. Uh, They had a talent show. doesn't seem like a big deal, but it was. And when I was in Cincinnati in, in early in early May, uh, another one of my teammates, Jeff Pickler, who's part of the, the Red staff, he said, Spilly, their record does not show how much they love on each other and how hard they're working. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, he was like, I, I wish their record was better because they've been working their butts off to get where they're at. I was like, okay, so I'll pay attention. And then you saw Matt McLean come, who I think is really important. Yep. Uh, you saw Brandon Williamson, who I think is really important. And then Ellie Dela Cruz pops up with you know lightning in a bottle. Uh, and then you just watch him take off. So uh, the Reds, I really like. They're really easy to cheer for. Uh, the Central, to me, I didn't think you were going to see any more anything more than one team. There's a possibility you get three teams. Yeah. Out of the Central. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you're so right. It's so entertaining. I mean, I don't think they're as good, but I want them all. I like. If you said to me, "Who do you want to see?" I want to see Arizona. I want to see Miami. I want to see Cincinnati. I, I want to see all these teams. All right, you've been very generous with your time, my friend. And so we're gonna get to the uh, the the last thing here, which is um, the most important question. Not really, but uh, strangest thing you've ever autographed. We've had some good ones. We've had. Prosthetic limbs. We've oh. had socks. Mm-hmm. Two, a couple socks. We've had um, welding helmet. Um, but to give you some backstory on this, so I was at the All Star game, and I was talking to Jackson Holiday, mm-hmm. obviously number one prospect in baseball. I said, "Well, how has life changed?" He's like, "You have to sign weird things." I'm like, "Oh, that's that's weird." And then so I went to some other prospects, and they all had weird things they had to sign. Um, again, the the to- a toaster, Jackson Merrill, uh, the Padres. Prospect. Why did he sign a toaster? I don't know. I have no idea. Someone gave him a toaster. He signed it. But that's it. Uh, Heston Kerstad, just the other day, like he told mm-hmm. us a sock. Um, uh, you have the uh, Chris Martin we just talked to, and uh, he had the obligatory. He was driving out of Fenway, and uh, somebody asked him to sign their chest, and his wife was in the car, and he declined. He got major brownie points. Good mm. job. Um, so anyway, you got any good? If you don't have a good one, it's okay. 
So, so funny thing, uh, Jackson Holiday was two, three years old, grew up in the Rockies clubhouse. I've probably soft tossed more wiffle balls to that kid than, than any kid that I've ever. Uh, are, you ta- are you taking credit for a success? Yes. You no, should. I'm not taking credit for a success. <laughs> that, that he was destined to be a, a big leaguer. Uh, it was also kind of cool seeing, uh, Heston Kirstead this, this weekend because we watched him hit his first major league home run. And that's, that's real power too. That's Kyle yeah. Schwarber type power. Um, for Kerstead. So I'm excited to see his career go. I've signed cell phones, shoes. The the strangest one I did, and I, I kind of regret it. Uh, I signed a baby's arm. Like they're like, sign my baby. And I was like, I'm not going to sign your baby. And they're like, please, it's it's going to go for a for a Christmas card. So I signed a I signed a baby's arm, and it ended up being, I believe, a Christmas card where it says, I, I was like, Merry Christmas, you know, like we're getting our kids signed, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed a baby's arm, uh, but it was a non sh- non sharpie, so it was not a sharpie. So the baby did not get a tattoo, uh, you know, angry. So, so that's a good one. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. I mean, it's, we've we've it's it's this gold mine of stories. This is a great great game of baseball. Keeps it's a gift that keeps on giving. All right, well. I know that you have a ton of stuff to do. I appreciate it. It was such a blast talking to you, man. And uh, and yeah, I mean, anything you need, just let us know. You're you're Sweet. one of the good ones. All right. Well, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for DMing me, and I appreciate being on your on the podcast. It was fun.